wrote that, Lynn? That is Jim Drake from Chicago. He is a composer and musician, and uh, we are very fond of our theme song. Thanks, Jim. I, I like the way when Lynn talks, she gets like, eh, eh. <laughs> she, just, she, she like I dances know. around the microphone. <laughs> I'm I know, going I'm... to review this movie like this. <laughs> I move around a lot. I know you do. Yeah, because like, I'm not talking like... with my hands. But it does. It starts. It starts. Epic, and then it gets into NPR land. That's right. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I know. That's like, <laughs> but we'll do it. Delicious. Dish. So what do we have today? So today we well, have well, delicious we? movies. We are the Real, Real Times, Times Trio, and we're on Facebook. We have a Facebook Yay. page Yay. called the Real Times Trio Podcast, where you're going to see all the episodes put on there for your listening enjoyment. I'm Lynn Venhouse, the referee, and this is... <laughs> I'm Carl Middleman. To, I have nothing to contribute this week. To Lynn's left is Carl, and to her right is myself, Dan Buffa. And in this corner... Right. Yeah. We're going to kick it off today with The Intruder coming up next, followed by Long Shot around the 13-minute mark. Around the 33-minute mark, we'll talk about Wild Nights with Emily, Stockholm around 39, El Chicano around 47, Arctic around 49, Serenity at 52, talking about people who are trying not to be spoiled by Endgame around 57, The Willow Reboot around an hour and four minutes, John Singleton we remember at an hour and six minutes, and what's coming up next week at an hour and nine minutes. But now... We have some interesting new movies this week, so let's get to it. How about you and I go for The Intruder because we did meet the lovely... Megan Good. Uh, Megan we did. Good. And it's, it's, it's She's an unfortunate so case where you have to interview somebody after thinking their movie kind of stunk. I just told her I enjoyed her work. I, I mean, yeah, and, and I do think this is like her first time that she's actually gotten a part of the top billing of a movie. I kind of looked at her IMDb, which is actually pretty steep for. Well, she's been around a while. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's 37. Yeah, she's been acting since she was nine. She was kid number two in Friday <laughs> way back in the day. Um, she did Chris a lot Tucker, of TV. Ice Cube. Yeah. yeah. She's she was a in very Think Like a Man person. and Think Like a Man too, And yeah, yeah, she's very sweet. Yeah. And there's a couple things that, before we get in the review of the movie, that I liked from her is that she does all of her own stunts, that there was a stunt woman on set for her, and she said no. And, and in her fights with Dennis Quaid, they did have a safe word because she told Dennis to bring it. And Dennis Quaid is he psychotic in this movie. <laughs> he has, as you said after the movie, kind of a Joker grin. But um, you know, and she's gonna she's gonna be in a Paul W. S. Anderson movie next called Monster Hunter. Well, she and Michael Ely were in Think Like a Man Both and Think Like a Man Two. Yeah. And when uh, the cast was promoting Think Like a Man Two, she was paired with Michael Ely in other parts of the country. And then we re- uh, we had Regina Hall and. Terrence. Regina Hall is kind of the comedy one. No, Terrell. Jay, the DJ, the guy that used to be a DJ, now he's an actor. Very pleasant people. Very nice. Uh, Regina Hall was a journalism major, FYI. Look at that. So I asked her if that. She's very good on the Showtime series Black Monday. And Which she has was, been renewed, by the way, for good. season two. And good. she was good it's in good the, show. the movie. She even won a Critics Award for, what was it, All uh, The Girls, something about the girls. Uh, support The Girls. Support yeah. The Girls. Very it's about, dry movie. It's about a Hooters-type restaurant. <laughs> yeah. It's just, With Haley Lou Richardson, it, too. It, it was kind of told like that Ryan Reynolds restaurant movie. It kind of had that. Uh, waiting? Waiting. Yeah, it was kind of like that. But no, I mean, Megan, she's nice. But again, kind of like Michael Ely, she's kind of disposable. And that's kind of revealed in this movie. The The, the plot is, is that... Well, I, I, everyone has seen the trailer, Dan. What? I'm, I'm, just, I'm trying to throw this in because I, I have nothing to add. 
The trailer is these. This couple moves into this house. Fr- they buy it from Dennis Quaid. Family estate. Yes. And then and then he doesn't leave them alone. It, it's the only house he tells them the only house he's ever lived in, which is a creepy thing to say if you're like a 55, 60 year old guy. We've seen well, this movie before, though. Oh, we have, and we that's have. what I said in my review. We have seen home invasion thrillers. Look, yeah. we just saw one. Unlawful this year, entry. Huh? And then, right. and then Dennis Quaid was himself in one called Cold Creek Manor, but he played the husband of the couple and, that's terrorized. And, and the only really thing that I took away from this movie is that Dennis Quaid does lean into playing a psychotic guy. I mean, he, <laughs> there are scenes in this movie he acts where like his brother, yeah, he channeled Randy here. Um, he he plays Charlie Peck, and he is the kind of guy that's you know sells you the house. And well, here first thing is he when he meets the couple, he shoots a deer. Right next to him. And he just comes running up going, Hi, I'm Charlie. Arrow or shotgun? Oh, uh, rifle. Rifle. Yeah, he just shoots him. Because they're like, Oh, a nice little deer. Boom! Deer goes down. Here comes Charlie. So that's your first jump scare? That's your first jump scare. Um, Well, um, this does take place in Napa Valley. It's this beautiful beautiful estate. Expensive to live there. so gorgeous. Oh, yeah. You know, Uh, the the house is covered in green vines. Mm -hmm. The asking price is 3.5, and then he lowers it to 3.3 million, and they don't even bat an eye. They don't bat an eye. But if you're living in Napa Valley, you have that kind of money anyway. And he tosses in all all the stuff that was the first warning sign oh yeah i'll leave all my stuff so i can kind of come back and use it when i want and I to have keys but it's just the first so wait, where's he living did he oh, buy a property well, next that, door that, that's kind of one of the the mysteries that you... oh he lives in the there's a room in the basement yeah <laughs> look at you there bingo you go, there you go but <laughs> i will say Supposedly this he... we're not giving anything away no this movie is we're so gonna direct you away from seeing this this I have... is connected <laughs> we're gonna this, different... the this thing about this movie is so that obvious you, you just know and here's the thing michael ely's character scott howard is the one that knows he's creepy scott and he's Russell. bad Scott, Scott Russell. Howard. It's Howard. No, it's Russell. It's Howard. I swear to God. Annie, Annie and Scott Russell. Is it, How- is it Russell? Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, Scott Howard Russell. Internet will tell us. Go ahead. Scott Howard Russell <laughs> <laughs> is the guy who knows he, he's he the husband. He works for Scott Howard. That, he That's works the, for Scott Howard. Yes. The guy from Power. His best friend, I did not like his best friend. No, and you know um, who's going to get Yeah, you know it. And so he's the, the husband. <laughs> oh, so he's dead? Yeah. <laughs> he's the, the scat man crothers yeah, you, you of this? you know this the first time he comes around. <laughs> so exactly. so Michael Ely's the character that knows Charlie is bad. Uh, her, uh, Megan Good's Angie is the one that's very forgiving. Oh, no, he's just, he's just trying to be helpful. He's mowing the She's lawn. She's got the benefit of the he's doubt. He's bringing... The, he's bringing her pizza and food and bottles of wine at night, so you know where it's going. Oh, it's you, like the gift. Yeah, you 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 kind of know that was the better movie than this. Um, really? Because Bateman and and Joel um, Joel were great, but this movie it's just predictable. You you know it, that Angie's gonna come to their senses and go, oh yeah, Charlie's a crazy but guy. But too late. Too late. It's time to fight. And and I will say that there is one little thing about this movie I like that. <laughs> The fight scenes are pretty intense. I mean, and the fact that she did these fight scenes where she gets tossed off of a stairwell and she's going toe-to-toe with Dennis Quaid. Annie and Scott Russell. Russell. Scott Russell. And Charlie Peck. And Howard. So Charlie's living in a hotel. Supposedly. Supposedly. Or or the basement. 
<laughs> I, I will say that that, that that basement scene is freaky. Really? She goes down there and she's like, oh, man, there's bed, there's you guns. Live here. <laughs> but, I mean, it's the only thing that I think redeems the movie from being terrible is Dennis Quaid. I think Dennis Quaid, I've never seen him play this bad of a guy. I mean, he, he starts at he's, 11. He's kind of a <laughs> he, he's kind of like one of the oldest like Hollywood heartthrobs. He still looks pretty good for his age. And, you know, he's mostly I mean, I remember him from the rookie playing a real life baseball well, yeah. player. And in this movie, he plays a sadistic guy who kind of just ruins this couple's lives. I mean, they here they are. They, they're, you know, they're married and they're moving out to the countryside and they buy this beautiful home. And you just know things are going to go bad. But he is the redeeming part of the, of the movie that's otherwise a red box rental. And I mean a red box rental where you get like this six page. Lynn, or you... did, did he remind you of Stephen Dorff from Cold Creek Manor? Yes. Stephen Dorff. Yeah. He was, he was the bad guy. Who I in will that say movie. redeemed himself in his career in True Detective season three. He was really good. Um, he, he keeps popping up. Well, He's yeah. I mean, those... in True Detective season three, he goes against Mahershala Ali and he kind of holds his own. And you know what he's really good in is that backbeat movie about uh, Stuart Sutcliffe of the Beatles. Oh, back... the original. Yes. Yeah, the, the original, original Beatles. The, the movie uh, Sofia Coppola where he played that a movie drummer. star. Somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. Great movie. So, yeah, that backbeat movie is one of those rare, rare and gems. And he played the villain in Blade. Yeah. <laughs> and so a, he keeps popping Very up. sweet little story about uh, Stephen Dorff. Uh, the first movie I took my wife to back in Columbia, Missouri in 2002 was an Oscar-nominated worthy film called Deuces Wild with Matt Dillon and Stephen Dorff and Drady Mateo. It's a terrible movie, but, <laughs> but whenever I see poker, whenever I see Stephen, I go, "Ah, oh, man, uh, I, took, I took Rachel to see you and your chest hair." Well, he was in Cold. He was the yeah. Dennis Quaid part when Dennis Quaid played the hero. Oh, oh, he's perfect. <laughs> yeah, Stephen Dorff can be a freaky guy, and the thing is, he's like five foot six. And on the screen, he just he plays this freakish kind of guy. He well, the director doesn't ever hold back with him, and they do a lot of close-ups. Are there of a him. lot of jump scares? Um, well, which one? This one? Th- yeah. To me, the um, best thing in the movie is the lighting. The cinematographer Daniel Pearl, Megan Good, told me that he lights a lot of the. Uh, he does a lot of photography for the stars, like still photography. Yeah. They mm. all want him because he lights so well. Because there's yeah, shadows. Everybody looks good. Yeah. And everybody looks good in the movie. Like in the shadows. I was like, all of a sudden you'll see a light and there's creepy Dennis Quaid standing there yeah. watching him. So, I mean, sex, it, there, there's not a lot of jump scares. Ew. I mean, I, I, I kind of jumped a naked? little bit. Well, it's oh, a she PG-13. Gets down her PG-13. Bra. She gets Is down to her underwear. That's about it. Yeah. But th- 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 I think they so have a nice So there's really chemistry. nothing redeemable about no. this. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, think I mean, it... they, they have the sex scenes where they're just kissy-kissy, and, and then you go, why is your bra still on? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just... It doesn't because it's happen a PG-13 in real life. movie. But I know. They do have a nice chemistry together, they and do. I think because they, they work together. together. Yeah. This so what, I third think, or fourth movie together? Because they're both afraid of Dennis Quaid. Yeah, and it's just so transparent. Is there any? Anything new in this movie? No. No. Nothing. I mean, the, the, the only thing new is seeing Dennis Quaid play this bad of a guy. But even that is kind of disposable. Yeah. Well, you know, when he's got good people around him, he can be really well. And Oh, um, Dennis Quaid's a good... I mean, he's yeah. a very capable actor. Just here, he's just, like, chewing up scenery. Yeah. So, yeah. And, well, you know, it beats doing the insurance commercials. This is going to be the number three movie of the week, because Endgame will be number one. Yep. Yeah. And then long shot will be probably two. be number two, and then this will be long shot's going to do about thirty to forty. I bet you that's going to do really well. 
Well, 90% of all moviegoers went and saw Endgame last week. 90%. They had theaters showing so it around the clock. So this will be the ones that waited, the and then, then this will be the repeats. Right. Repeat. Well, you've seen it three times. I've seen it three times. And you only paid for up. it once? I, I could see it four. <laughs> you cracked me up. And I, I do. You I, had to take the family, though. I, I crack many people up. <laughs> <laughs> so, should we talk about Longshot now, or do you just do you want to crap on uh, the Intruder some more? No, I mean I, I'll say this. I mean, if you really like Dennis Quaid, you watch it on Redbox. I mean, I think that he makes it redeemable to a degree. I just can't tell you to go pay twelve dollars or to in see a this year. Movie. Wait till it's on yeah, well, yeah, cable. Yeah, this is the kind of movie that you know you, you flip on Showtime and you go, okay, I'm half awake. I'll watch the first thirty minutes. And That's then about you won't it. watch the rest of it. Or you watch it in six parts over like two weeks. <laughs> or you could go with your friends and howl and talk back to the yeah. screen and, and have just a good buy time a few with... buy a few drinks before or have a few drinks before you go. Because you... bad movies are always better when you're drunk. Wouldn't you rather see Longshot though? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. I, I, the best I haven't movie. even seen Longshot. I'm I'm kind of <laughs> I'm kind of debating on watching it tonight or saving it for my wife because she really wants to see it. Oh, I think she'd like it. It's but, a good date. But I'm, movie. I'm I'm gonna have to wait a week though, so we'll see. But but it does look good, and e- even like the trailer of that looks better than the entirety of the Intruder. <laughs> well, Lynn saw Longshot and she really liked it. I yeah. did. I gave it an A. An I A. Love. Whoa, I know. Man. I know. My my uh, other two movies this week were C's. So yeah, so um, this is a perfect date movie. It is really funny if you're of of that same political bent, but so it's leaning left. Yeah, it leans left uh, because Bob Odenkirk is the president. Politicians lean left. Uh, Okay, (laughs) mostly yeah, Yeah. uh, and it's believable, but it's smart and wait. So Bob Odenkirk is a left leaning president? No, oh he is. He's no. So so she, is no. she a Democrat? Is she trying to be a Democrat? Wait a minute, I thought she was the Secretary of State. But I think she it, is. It, I, isn't it, she, she trying to be a president? Is yeah, she trying to rise? She's oh. gonna, she wants to run for president, and that's why they think Seth Rogen's bad for her because of, of all the polls and the focus groups and the. Why can't they ever him? say she's they, that this guy's good for her? You know, and so <laughs> so is this knocked up on a different level? Yes. Okay. Uh, and and uh, Charlize Theron, she is impossibly gorgeous. She is so beautiful to look at in this movie. Statuesque. And I, she I has will to say, since I was corrected, evening. it's Theron. Theron. I, I, okay. I, I, I'm I, glad. Oh no, oh, no. I made the same thing. And I kept saying Theron. I was like, it's Theron. Like, no, it's not. And then I listened to an interview. Like, okay, it's Theron. Okay, Theron. it is. You know what? So this I is American President that. and Knocked Up. Yes, it's combo. I like both uh, and those with, with uh, yes. like Aaron Sorkin vibe to it. <sighs> so it's very idealistic. It's very idealistic. So of course, but see, true for me, love. And see, for me, when I first saw the trailer, I thought it was just going to be a harmless little romantic comedy well, yeah, you're saying it has got so some many depth. political movies in the last it's couple got of years some anyway depth to it so you so, so the the politics play a part of the humor yes but it doesn't beat you over the head with it it's That's not good. like well you my... know she's a dem and he and the well and bob odenkirk is a is a conservative seth rogan is a crusading <laughs> journalist Okay, so Seth Rogen is a crusading journalist, and he loses his job because uh, his company... Well, he doesn't lose his job. He quits because his company is bought out by the Rupert Murdoch snakey person played by Andy Serkis. Oh, wow. So is he, us- is he using his uh, Australian accent? Uh, is he is he playing the, Rupert Murdoch? Is yeah, he's the one playing... That they, they, yeah. What accent did he use in Black Panther? I love that accent. Well, he at first like... he was in Ultron. 
Because Ultron cuts yeah. off his arm, and then he's in he's like, Black Panther. You want some candy? <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? I can't remember, but I think so. So anyway, he, he uses just, he uses his like regular... little toad in this, and he bugs he's such, he's the hell out of Charlize and good director. And, and then so yeah, Charlize is this hard hitting power. She reminds you, Madam Secretary, but she doesn't have a home life because. That's the TV series, you know. Yeah, Tim Leah Daly Thompson. And, uh, yeah, or not Leah Thompson. Uh, Tia, uh, Tia Leone. Leone. <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Di- X. That is totally different. Yeah, Tia Leone and oh, Leah man, Thompson. That, that raspy voice, beauty. Oh, Tia. And so uh, it's very, it's very idealistic like that. And then she is making a run for the president. Now I will ask you this: It's two hours and five minutes. Do you feel that or no? No, it no. flies by. It's is so it well comedy? constructed. Yes, it is because okay, is it's it a Seth dramedy? Rogen. It's Seth Rogen. Yes, Come but on. he also can act. He can. He, he Steve Jobs. He, he can act, and so can she. She is so well, yeah, good. She's I always won an forget Oscar. the guy he played. Dan what? He played the, the Steve Jobs is like right-hand man. Wozniak. Dan something. Steve, Steve Wozniak. Wozniak. Steve Wozniak. He, he played the nerdy brainiac. I mean, he guy. had some good scenes he of Fastbender, and he held his own. Mm-hmm. He did his own. Especially one of those scenes where he's just not meant... Where he says, can you please mention the Apple product? And he's like, no, I won't do it. So the casting of this is perfect because Seth Rogen, it's an odd couple. It's a fish out of water. They knew each other as kids, and I'm not going to tell you further because it's really funny. He probably had a crush on her in high school. And so uh, they meet up. And he has just lost his. Uh, he just has quit, quit just because. Lost of, his job, yeah. And so uh, she is captivated by his humor, and because he's got so that self-deprecation, she's a distraction. So they're both like renegade, idealistic people that want to take a stand against the right. old order. Right, and so he reminds her of what an idealist she was as a teenager. Of course. Because and they knew each other as teenagers, and she brings him back, or he brings her back to a time where she was so high innocent. School? Does he go, this is where it started? Uh, yeah. so wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not telling you anything. This is but, where it started. No. But he does have, you know, and by weed, the way, he does have Matt put me room. on the list. So I got that ugly jacket in the mail. Wow. I got that ugly jacket. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, I didn't get, get one. I get it. And I'm like, what? And I watch the trailer. like, okay, now it makes sense. Oh, it's hilarious. It is just very funny. So Bob Odenkirk is the president. Is he and in it a lot? He um he's in key moments. Does he he play, played one on TV. Does he play That's it why like, he's elected. Does uh, he play it straight or does he have some fun Bob Odenkirk style? He has fun Bob Odenkirk okay, style, fair. but he's a comedian at heart. Yes. Funny, he went to Carbondale. At Carbondale, Mr. Show with yes. Bob and David. Yeah, he so was good. on. He's a veteran of the Carbondale radio station that my son Charlie worked at. I would so, listen to him on a radio so show. And so he's on the day. alumni list. Wow. Uh, for the yeah, he was. He went to Carbondale. Proud grad. Saluki. I found him for the first time on Breaking Bad. He, he was so good in that. On show. the episode titled "Better Call Saul." Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's pretty funny as the president, and then uh, Charlize is so courting good, him because she wants his endorsement. So wait a minute, but she he's a different party. Yeah, see, I don't understand that either. Well, we'll just or do go. they not do they not mention party at all? They don't really mention parties. It's really, just that they they what they do is well, they just show you me, two different kinds that of. That tells me that they didn't want to make it too much of a plot to go Republican. Democrat, right? Well, yeah, they want to have their cake divisive. and eat it too. They're just showing. They really, want to make that money, Carl. They want to right. pull the both. They well, don't care about red and blue. They no. only care about green. Wrong. Well, they want to show the different. <laughs> uh, uh, I guess the different. Uh, 
point of view, the different uh, aspect, like, you know, the idealist, like helping the environment so or, you know, like the you, president wants to ho- help his corporate friends while she wants so to help the so environment. So let me ask you this, because I go on a certain radio show every week and, and a certain person hates Seth Rogen. If you hate Seth Rogen, can you still enjoy this movie? Yes, because it's going to uh, read. He's the star. Yeah. If you don't like the That's star, a, and, you're going to hate I it. I ask this question because there's some people, like if I don't like Toy McGuire, I, I, I may Sandra not go see a movie. If you don't like Sandra Bullock. Sandra. Well, he's got a bird box. I think he's uh, got an, and I did. Um, I, I loved every second she was being tortured in Bird Box. I love, really? I, I love Sandra Bullock. I liked Bird Box. I Me too. You know what? I saw Bird Box. Before I saw a Quiet Place, so that actually Ooh, made me like quiet it better. Place, quiet Place, yes, is so I know, better. but that, but they kept they kept yes, it is much yeah. better. But it, it there is one seeing it. There is one scene in Bird Box where she has to tell her kids to be quiet, and I know having a seven year old to tell that kid to be quiet, it's heartbreaking. Um, Those aren't her but, kids, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't. But she's got to act like it, right? Yes. I haven't. I haven't seen but, it yet. Guys. Okay, so well, 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 we well, spoil but, you, but see, you see, I everyone said, "Oh, Quiet Place is so much better." So when I saw Bird Box, I made sure I saw Bird Box first, so it would not pull me down because something to compare it so sure so 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 even if you're not a seth rogan fan you can watch this yes but you're gonna have an awkward charm the person you have to convince is never going to see it because he's oh yeah by the way when i review this movie on frank opinion he's gonna cut me right when i say seth oh oh dan uh we're gonna interrupt this for a a 65 minute window world commercial i'm seriously i mean this is what i'm up against here well you should start with that Frank, you don't like Seth Rogen? Oh, I have before. Yeah, I have. But he's really good in this movie because I like Seth Rogen. I think he can act. I think uh-huh. he's very funny. The script and is he's a nice written, guy. The 40-year-old version, he almost stole that movie. The script is written by Liz Hanna, who wrote The Post. Yes. And Daniel attention. Sterling, who was one of the writers on Girls, he's the Daniel. HBO he has to series be good. that I really enjoyed. Jonathan Levine. Well, what else did he direct? He he's directed Fifty Fifty, that cancer oh, movie yeah, that was Joseph so good. So he knows how to do a light touch with difficult subjects. So that that explains the Seth Rogen connection. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, my son Charlie was going through cancer same time I saw Fifty Fifty. So that was a very yeah. honest, low key movie mm-hmm. about cancer. I mean, they, they, they didn't beat you over the head with it. They just kind of showed mm. this what he's going through. No. So finally, when he was That's declared in I remission, where the hell is he at? He, I know Joseph he's, Gordon Levitt. He's doing his own like Production he's producing company. Yeah. 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 Right? So don't waste your youth, man. So this supporting cast has O'Shea no more Jackson. John Johns though. Um, Oh, oh God! Don't even get me started on that. Okay, like, so O'Shea. I like that well, Tony Danza in that movie was great. Well, there you, is there is one truth. They're in both that. in their wife beaters. Let's not talk about Don. John. Yeah. That'd okay. Be, so getting back to the supporting cast. <laughs> Let's talk about the movie. Of Longshot, uh, O'Shea Jackson. O'Shea Jackson from Den of Thieves. He was very good in Den of Thieves. Or straight out of Compton. Straight out of Compton. His father's Ice Cube. Right. Um, He plays Seth Rogen's best friend. Okay. And And, he has great lines. And he's also going to be in the Godzilla movie. (laughs) O'Shea Jackson Jr. So he's really got a funny part. He's he's a successful business. It's funny because Den of Thieves. He's not the weed dealer. No, he's a successful. Cube's kid being the. It's funny in Den of Thieves. (laughs) 
he he kind of plays with Gerard Butler, and, and he has a role that evolves over the movie. It, it, it's a very good low version, low low uh, key version of Heat. Well, when you were talking about people that you won't see, like you won't mm-hmm. like Sandra Sandra Bullock, Bullock. Um, there are two actors that I refuse to watch in movies, and that is Gerard Butler and like Gerard. Anna Faris. Anna Ferris. Anna Ferris is kind of rubbish. So... But Gerard Butler is leaning in to being an action star. Well, you're lucky I that like it. Anna's on TV now. Oh, they're making a third one now. But... Gerard, I've given up. After that one soccer movie where he was, uh, I was like, oh, God. Uh, and then there was some blow up. What was he? He saved England? Yeah. No. Well, first it was... Uh, uh, the is down. Has fallen. And then, yeah, has and fallen. They're making a third fallen Olympus movie. Has fallen. Yeah, they're yeah, making, yeah. yeah. Oh god. But those oh, are bad. But Lord. I will say, like in Den of Thieves, he plays kind of a, a, a Al Pacino like cop, and he's very good. He plays this kind of corrupt cop, and it's good. See, as long as he knows what he's doing. See, for me, it was a mixture of what he wanted to do and what he didn't want to do. He's an action star, and, and I can buy him. Yeah, he needs to quit but, doing but, those romantic but in, comedies. But in, in, in the surfing movie, he was really good, too. That was a good film. Okay. Ooh, uh, June Diane Raphael's in the movie, too. Yeah, so she plays the... She hates Seth Rogen in this movie. <laughs> she is Charlize. Oh, there you go. Wing, People can uh, sympathize. I don't like her, him. Her assistant. Right. And so she is just... I think trying I to break the trailer them up that all she's the, the one that, that's telling yeah. Charlize to stop. Yeah, you got, well, you and Randall, Randall Park's in the movie, too. Yeah. From Straight Off the Boat. Yeah, and he's, and the uh, Ant Man and Ant Man and the Wasp. So he how owns, do you do that? He owns the paper, or he owns the publication, or he runs the publication that just got sold to the Andy. Circus. The best part with Randall Park is where he sits down and he explains to his daughter about the Sokovia Accords. <laughs> it's like I mean, you're really good with kids. Well, yeah, I'm also a youth pastor. So Alexander so, Skarsgård and Alexander Skarsgård. The more I see so him, the more I just love him. He Stalin, has a great. Son. He has a great sense of humor and, and that so hasn't he, been explored no who's, who's he he is the hunky canadian prime, prime minister, minister right? oh, oh he's who is single awesome. and they keep they trying wanted to, to hook those two up yeah they keep so trying then to i'm guessing he's secretly gay no oh. but he just has <laughs> nice some, one, he just has some <laughs> nice un- one. no he reveals some annoying personality Very good. traits Very good. So, some, some. so when she's with him he has some really annoying personal habits he doesn't have the good weed like seth rogan has <laughs> and so it's hilarious yeah he was in a movie with Michael Pena, War on Everyone. That's where he, I saw it was in 2016. They, they both played like these cops. And that's where you, I first saw Alexander Sarsgaard's humor. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he was playing this kind of crazy, hell bent on, on chaos t- t- uh, cop. So. Him and Pena were good, but yeah, I, that's for the first time. I was like, "Wait a minute, you're you're trying to be funny." He was. Uh, <laughs> you're supposed he, to be Eric from True Blood. Yeah, we first saw him in True Blood. I only watched the first two seasons. And I also, gave up he's, third he was season. on Big Little Lies last year as well. Yes, with Reese and, Witherspoon. And now, you know, his, and his mommy um, this year is Meryl Streep. They have a they have a start date for it June. June. Oh, did you see the billboard that they put up? They put up a billboard in Los Angeles. It's got every all seven characters' names, yeah. and it says "New Lies," and their names sync up perfectly. So it's the names are horizontal, but "New Lies" is vertical, and it syncs up perfectly. Especially they like I think they had to ask Laura Dern if they could move her name down, but of yeah. course Meryl Streep is last. But it lines up perfectly. Yeah, she's the look, and, look at the, right? Look at the uh, look at the. I, I will say that show's got my girlfriend video of Shirley it. Shirley Woodley, I think she's gorgeous. She's billed third. And she gets two letters in her name. Good for her. Well, because the Woodleys got the W and the She's L. Good. And so just, it, just, just don't, don't ever watch Divergent. 
No, but yeah, she's very well, good. I well. actually started Divergent, never finished it. Good. You I don't think anything. they did either. The, did most, they, the, they, the they, toughest part of that movie is when Miles Teller beats up Shailene Woodley, and then you watch them be lovers in Spectacular right. Now. Like, well, yeah, but they were supposed you to. Were, uh, yeah. But each other they never made the fourth one, did they? No. No, no they, they wanted to make it for TV, and the cast was like, we're not going to do TV. And so it ends in a cliffhanger. I know, and really, they, they, they got some talent in that movie. They got Naomi Watts, Kate Winslet, Jeff Daniels. I mean, they, they got some talent in those movies. I, I mean, it's so Kravitz. They were just too. bad, and, and but they also cast the very bland Jay Courtney. He's so bad. Those those uh, those uh, played children John saving McClane's the son. world from the apocalypse. Yeah, but it was, that was a book series, so it was very popular, and they actually had... They actually were going to make four movies out of it because that's the thing with three. Books, I will you say make we're talking movies. about TV shows: Kevin Bacon on Showtime, City on a Hill, a Boston detective series based on the, on the Boston Miracle, looks really good. Produced by Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. What? He plays a corrupt cop, Kevin Bacon, and an an Aldous Hodge, a very good young African American mm-hmm. actor, is in it too. I've seen him. But um no, and also Jonathan Tucker, very underrated actor. But that's something that's coming out in June as well on Showtime. Because Kevin Bacon, I, I I think his career is just going great. He just he takes all these little different roles, and he he's playing a corrupt cop. But we're way off. What? So getting back to Long Shot, uh, there I will have to warn people: it is an R. Language, so, language, uh, and language drugs. and drugs, and there is some hot hot bedroom scenes you don't uh, is it really? him though no you don't, I don't see want to nakedness see chest. no you don't see nakedness but you know they have i mean, I mean that's the it, reason they like sparks fly is it a so, blonde where so why am i doing this little... so sparks I, fly I between them blonde. and uh so oh yeah David me too Lynch. atomic blonde uh, but she is so gorgeous in this and she's funny in this. and she's funny and the thing is yeah I, and and totally she showed off a little bit of her comedic side. She's darkly comedic, but you could tell that that's you know, a dark movie. It's not really yeah, funny. She's I know, really but there's some scenes where, she, where she goes off on that person at that school. That that made me laugh because I was like, "Good for you." You mm-hmm. totally believe that she's Secretary of State, and the you fact totally where she's believe sitting at that table with what she has the little breastfeeders on, mm-hmm. and the kids like. What's wrong with your body, Mom? <laughs> yeah, I know, honey. <laughs> yeah, well, and she gained forty pounds for that. So here she yeah, looks well, like and a monster. She dollars. ruined her yeah. whole self. Yeah, Jason, yeah. Jason Reitman movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. who, yeah, who had two good so, movies last year: Front Runner and Tully. Which Front Runner was way underrated. It so, um, so anyway, getting back to Long Shot, um, it does get a little raunchy. The it's a Seth uh, Rogen movie. The, uh, we expect who wrote it. The, uh, Liz Hanna. Oh, that's right, right, right. Yeah, Liz yeah, Hanna. Whatever. The, uh, the, the catalyst for the climax, don't, so wait, to speak. Don't, well, don't, you know, that, in, in that. terms of dissecting a script, um, is a tad raunchy, but then the way they they sell it, it it's believable. Does it set itself up for a sequel? Uh, actually, I think it does. I mean, and, and I think it does. And, and the most interesting aspect of your review is that it's a, movie that's going to make you laugh that's smart and there's not a lot of smart comedies out there no it's so clever and so well written and really laugh out loud funny but you can it's just a dream cast that's why I thought I mean there's just funny funny films like The Hangover but then Knocked Up had some smarts to it because the stuff about Paul Rudd and Leslie Mann their marriage Mm -hmm. and the stuff about you know a guy like Seth Rogen who was kind of a man child in that movie who had to grow up 
There was a well, lot. He's a man child in this movie. I know. I know. There's some, that's that's what there's, his specialty is. There's some depth in those movies, and I think it makes them last longer and be sustainable. So. But because of the strength of his convictions, that's why she's she finds him appealing. Does he get to use his no- normal natural laugh in this movie? Because yeah, he has an course. amazing laugh. He yeah. has. He yeah. does. It, yeah. It's almost like a, a, a kind of like a, a hollow, deep baby laugh. <laughs> and then she, they're around the world. You know, she takes him around the world on this stuff because he becomes a speechwriter for her. Good. And so well, he's a it, writer. It's really uh, interesting. You know, they're in all these uh, global situations in the world. And so that's why it's really smart. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I gave it an A. And I hope the audience responds in kind because it has been a long time. What's the last time we had a smart comedy? Um, the Big Sick. The Big Sick was that, very smart, very that was funny. Two years ago, yeah, that was two years ago. Like last year, when I thought of comedies, I thought of Death of Stalin was all I can come up with as far as smart comedies. Smart, yeah. But other than that, it was just a lot of like you know stupid, like Melissa well, McCarthy. It, it was also uh, the year of Marvel, Life of the Party. You, <laughs> had, you had that is and Happy Time Murders. <sighs> Anyhow, yeah, let's move and, on and, to and, something better. Right, so okay, so, so there is a, there's an indie movie now playing that's gotten rave reviews. And but you, you and Lynn, you, you steered away from me because I was going to watch this movie. Well, you can still watch well, it. I, I know, but now that it's kind of we're past the meter of, of being able to watch, I mean, this is where I, I have to say, fellow listeners and hosts here, well, when Lynn kind of doesn't like a movie and I'm on the fence, yeah, I, I go one way or the other, so... Tell us about this indie with Molly Shannon. Okay, it's called Wild Nights with Emily, and it's about the secret sex life of Emily Dickinson. The oh poet. wow, I'm in. And uh, <laughs> she, Carl, who, uh, who pitched that? Carl, you can come over to my house. We'll watch it. It oh, has man. an SNL Bring sketch quality mm-hmm. to it. Okay, so why not is, get Molly Shannon? So Molly Shannon is Emily, but she can act Dick as well. She's playing she's, the mom on the other two right now right. for Lauren Michaels. She is a good actress. What I don't like is the director writer who's been hailed for this for this frank, candid piece. Is she makes it wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So and it's just like okay, so she had this. It's a so she a had rumor. a lesbian affair. Yeah, for a long time. It was a girl she knew as a teenager, and the girl all goes back. To who's teenagers. the love of Emily's life? Marries her brother, <gasps> and has children. No, but they still have this affair. So and it's a lot of uh, bodice ripping, and it's a lot of bodice ripping. But a lot of they're in their undies. You don't see anything. Yeah, I need for that, you know, but it's the petticoats. It's the you know nineteenth century. See, so. I think I'm gonna have to watch this because yeah. if, it, if it's getting beloved by critics, then it might come into play at the end of the year. Well, I think it's because she's a poet, and so what? This is what happened. Emily Dickinson was not. Only 11 poems were published in her lifetime. She was known as the Belle of Amherst. And Julie Harris, the great Broadway actress, had Mm -hmm. a one-woman play called the Belle of Amherst. So Emily wrote actually 1,775 poems. But they only released 11 of them? Yeah, because the male-dominated publishing industry pretty much blocked her. They were not recognizing her And that plays a big talent. part of the plot, Yes, right? and so basically all the men in the movie are buffoons. Mm. And Isn't it like a series of sketches rather than like a coherent story? Yeah, it is. It's very Saturday Night Live-like, and I, that's what bothered me was the tone. 
it's just like, you know, um, um, jokey, 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 uh, kissy, 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 jokey, 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 kissy, kissy, kissy. And then I'm, I'm like, okay. Uh, it also seemed. I better have that in my head when I'm watching. Jokey, 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 jokey. It seemed to me that they were spoofing the Victorian era, which. So it, it's another period from Comedy Central. Yeah. Okay. And it, but they're not that broad about it. No, but it just the tone of it is just weird. <laughs> when, I think. when you have that, <laughs> see for me, whenever I'm struggling, I'm always like, because <laughs> you really, you know, sometimes you know you have that battle axe in your hand and you just want to smash a movie. Like, Wing. I'm not sure I want to do this. No, no. Yes, I'm going to Hulk smash. <laughs> this isn't. This That's isn't your. He goes. <laughs> this isn't your English class, Emily Dickinson. Let's yes, just put it like Molly that. Because Molly Shannon's not British. <laughs> and well, she wasn't. She just neither was from is Madonna, Ma- Massachusetts. But I think it's so weird looking because the costumes and the scenic design, all the houses, they look brand new. Is this going to be like, um, oh, is it going to be this year's, what was the movie that we all kind of did? The Favorite. Love? The Favorite. This, is it kind of mm. like that? No, that one had a that one had great sex scenes. It had, yeah, had, that, the, Emily no, Stone's this boob, doesn't go there. According to Emily Stone wanting it be in there. This is chaste. Really? And I yeah, this is more chaste. I saw a picture of them in bed together. Yeah. But they're, they're fully in, clothed. Yeah, they're fully clothed. See? It's more but they just do a lot of kissing. Okay. So what's the point of this movie? If you had to, to say show like, that she really did have this affair. Emily Dickinson was gay and we can make there fun you of go. it. Because in history she was considered an unloved spinster recluse. She wasn't. She <laughs> that's had a great a, she had that's a, a great phrase. <laughs> unloved spinster recluse. Yeah, unloved for years and years spinster. that's been that the whole on thing. my gravestone. But right. interesting enough, the uh, daughter of Susan, who's her lifetime lifetime lover, wrote a book about their affair. In so her daughter knew about it. Yeah, the kids know, and and they're always like, "Kids, mom's got a headache or whatever," and she's in bed with Emily. It's wow, really, there you go. Aunt Emily so, is also mom. Yay, so yay or nay on this for people wanting to spend 10 to $12 in a theater? Uh, That's it a no. It just depends no, what no, your interests no, are. No, no, no. It cannot depend, Lynn. It's got to yes, be and yes it's or also, no. It's also an art, hel- art film, so yeah. you're going to have to go to Frontenac or the High Point the very or the claustrophobic Tiddly. plaza Frontenac. So really, I mean, it's the casual moviegoer. Would you tell them to spend 10 to $12 on this movie? No. And no, okay. Does it belong on a Comedy Central when they show it? I think so. Really? Or an IFC? See, this just sounds different. I'm going to have to watch IFC this. maybe? Yeah, IFC. It sounds one different of, enough. Yeah, one of those kind of. But see, okay. Comedy Central is too broad for that. I think I would say IFC. Yeah, All right, IFC. So You're right. The next indie... Documentary Now kind of. <laughs> but the that's next, fake. The, <laughs> I know. The, the next indie we have after A Wild Nights with Emily is uh, a movie that I reviewed, and I, and I had high hopes for this movie. Oh, oh, um, Stockholm. I And for me, it's Ethan Hawke, who I'm a big fan of, and I like Mark Strong, and they're both in this movie, and it basically it's based on a 1973 absurd but true bank heist that kind of led to the saying Stockholm Syndrome, which is where the, the hostages take a psychological alliance with the people that are holding them hostage. It's because they were there so long. They were there so long. And so they, they form, form a bond. They form a connection. 
And Ethan Hawke is the, the, the bank robber here. You meet him in the beginning of the film. You don't really know why he's doing it, but he goes into a bank. Are they speaking in English? Stuff. They all they all do. There there's some a, uh, English accents, but for the most part, it is all English. Okay. There's no subtitles. Uh, he plays a guy who just run, walks into a bank, takes it over. Uh, he, he has demands. Christopher uh, Heyerdahl, sure. who, who's a, a face you'd probably... Known film, he plays the cop that he has to negotiate with, and one of his demands is that he wants a prisoner release. His name is Gunner, and he's played by Mark Strong. So ah. he kind of, you know, it's him and Hawk in this bank, and Nomi Rapace is that how you say her mm-hmm. name? Nomi Rapace uh, plays one of the, the hostages. She works is she there. Speaking English, she speaks English, and she kind of forms the, the the connection with Ethan Hawke's character. And so the whole movie. She's Swedish, I believe. Yes, and she, she she's got a very I mean she she's got a well, very she, good way of speaking English. She was too. in the Swedish version of uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. And also she was way really better good. than the She was really American, good in, American in the drop movie. with Tom Hardy as well. Yes, and where uh, has she been? Uh she w- made that unfortunate uh movie There was a Netflix movie that came out last year with her where she kind of played this super soldier. But in this movie, she plays an innocent woman named Bianca who takes up kind of a romantic connection with Ethan Hawke. And the whole movie is really just, really, it is absurd because Ethan Hawke's kind of this, he's not really good at being a bank robber. And he's, he doesn't know what his demands are. Is he, he trying to just do this for the cause to get the other guy out? Or? Yeah, um, he, he's got kind of a, that's one of the problems with the movie. You never really know why he's why? doing it. Um, he, he wants a car delivered. He wants the prisoner released. And he forms a connection with her, but it's all kind of a lame attempt at comedy. Um, it doesn't know if it wants to be taken seriously. It spins between the two. But where, does that, is that because it's a true story? Um, I, you know, really, it wasn't even really, there must have been a more fascinating way to tell the story because the way it's only an hour that, and a half. that Robert uh, Bajois, a French filmmaker, wrote and directed it, he, and it's based off a New York Times article. I mean, there may have been a good movie in there somewhere, but this is just not it. And the worst thing is they they waste a lot of good actors. Ethan Hawke, who was just in, I mean, should have been nominated for First Reformed. He, uh, I mean, Rapace. He won the St. Louis. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean Rapace is great. She's she's always, I mean, Mark Strong is one of my favorites. But all the characters are uninteresting. Like, you should care about um, Bianca and Ethan Hawke's bank robber, but you don't. Um, you should care about... Mark Strong is he gonna betray Ethan Hawke or is he gonna you know does he have his own and uh, morals and uh, and goals? But it's a movie that drags along and for an hour and a half it Whoa. feels long. It won a lot of awards in Canada. It did, and you know it's for hair, screenplay, costume design. Mark Strong's hair is he's not bald in this movie, so he's got some hair. But it's just editing. You, you know, I always like to ask myself if I'm kind of twisted about a movie. I go, what was this movie trying to do? And this movie. Does never really really tells me anything. Doesn't does really it tell me explain about... what Stockholm syndrome is? No, it is? never does. It's just kind of inferred. It's is like... there is there a thing at the end? Is there type at the end that no. comes up on the screen? This is no. This is why there's Stockholm. It's just the movie is called Stockholm, and it's and you know does you know what, what unfolds with them is kind of rather predictable. You know that that eventually the, the she loves him. Well, yeah, she loves him, and is he going to make it out of there, or is he just too much of a dumbass to even pull off the heist and get out of there? But it, it wastes a lot of good talent. It doesn't really amount to much, and it doesn't really know if it wants to be a dramatic romantic movie or if it wants to be a comedy. If it kind of leaned into the comedy like Death of Stalin which took this true story and just was absurd, absurd. and crazy and ridiculous, 
no, this one is it doesn't really have an identity. So I kind of watched it, and when it was over, it ends abruptly. It doesn't really. It, it kind of needed a, a tight ending. It just kind of ends. Did it make you want to f- seek out the article or find out what no, happened? Not really. I mean, I I, I looked up because usually again, it make it, if you're, you're it if would. you're stuck like that, you go. I want to actually find out what's different well, than know, what you know, really happened. We, we, we know how they say there's always a smart woman behind a lot of men. Right. Well, there's probably a better true story behind a bad movie interpretation of it. Right. And in this case, I just you know, I just kind of moved on. I mean, I, I, I finished it. I shrugged my shoulders, and I looked up Stockholm Syndrome, and I was like, hey, I didn't form a psychological and alliance you didn't with this movie. Go, you didn't go down the rabbit hole of I finding out what not. really happened. I did not. I mean, like, for example, one movie that's on cable right now that I love is Molly's Game. Mm-hmm. I mean... And, and, and Aaron Sorkin and again. Right I, How many times are we going to talk about Aaron Sorkin? Well, today? I'll tell you, it's his first directorial movie when he directed, and it's also a movie that I dove right after it into the real Molly. Mm-hmm. And if this was true, she, if this was not, she like, had an interesting life. Like Idris Elba, like, Idris Elba's character didn't exist. Exactly, and there's a lot of things about Molly's game in the movie that yeah. did not take place, and, and also, it's all yeah, dramatic I mean, effect. Yeah, and, and also I, I love Sorkin just saying, "No, I, I didn't want to base it on the real lawyer." <laughs> no. It's just very matter of fact, but. But that movie, I wanted to know all about the true story. This one, it was so uninteresting that I just wanted to leave it alone. So I would definitely not see this in theaters. And I would even kind of question, if you watch it at home, it, it may lose you if you have all your facilities and all your, your other stuff in your house to take away your, your attention. It's just kind of a it's a lame attempt at a true story that I think could have been better. And it wastes a like lot of talent. Would you like to see them do this in five years better? I like to see a documentary about the real thing. Like, show me some of the real, like, audio, the real video. Maybe some of the people that are still 1973. alive. 1973. 1973. I mean, maybe maybe the, the, the detective could ago. be died, you know, or could be alive. But I don't know. I, I like to know if I watch that, maybe it might heighten my. I bet there, there has movie. to be a documentary there about has to Stockholm. Be, yeah, maybe. Yeah, and, well, and, and the real-life case of Patty Hearst is classic. Well, I mean, maybe even yeah, like yeah, a 25... Yeah, that was after Yeah, that was after Maybe even like a 25-minute or 45-minute HBO documentary. Let's but do it. It's just, yeah, I mean, I, I think there has to be a better way to tell this story. This was definitely not it. Well, good attempt, but execution, it's always Yeah, I mean, really, like I mean, a, I mean, you, you yeah, get these actors, and, and Christopher Heyerdahl is this really good, imposing, tall guy, and he's a good actor, and and Ethan Hawke is great is a great actor. Mark Strong and Rapace. I mean, but they just all wasted here. It, it's like they're all spinning their wheels, looking, saying, "Man, I wish we had better lines." Why to did say. the Canadians like it so much? Why do they think it was the best adapted screenplay? Oh gosh, really? Um, maybe because <laughs> it it kind of has that mix of uh, you know whimsical humor a little bit in the way that that he was just kind of a bad bank robber. And maybe the fact that they wanted to like it because it's kind of a one of these absurd true stories. I, I don't know. I don't have an answer to that. <laughs> okay. All right. So Move there's on. a documentary out this week called Hesburg, which is about the great leader of University of Notre Dame, Theodore Hesburg. But I have not watched it yet. So okay. I'll fill you in next week. And there's also a movie that's coming out in limited cities called El Chicano which That's is the one I was which is uh, directed by the former stuntman Benjamin Bray co-written by Joe Carnahan who is known for the gray and narc and it is the first Latino superhero and I can't wait to tell you about it when it gets to St. Louis so and we don't know when that is hopefully they say it's going to expand in the following weeks but they don't have cities so but it, they're they're going to they're going to expand the coasts it. first yeah so I think it's by the coast and maybe a Couple states in between, but. and I'm guessing it'll be where there's heavy 
Latino. Yeah, because what, what Joe told me in an interview, he said that you know movie ticket sales Latinos make up twenty five percent. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's a very popular thing, and they have and they took this movie to studios and. The Hollywood, as they call them, the old white men said, "Can we have a white Caucasian influence?" Can in the we movie? whitewash this? Please? Yeah, and so they went up to Calgary and funded it themselves. And I watched it, and, and it's. Are it's... there a lot of uh, Latinx in uh, Calgary? <laughs> well, 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 thankfully there's some renegade financiers, but mm. it's kind of like Narc meets Batman. Oh, interesting. It, it starts so is out, it superpowers or is it um, just gadgets? He has like this kind of like this voodoo and, and this knife. That so his abilities, he's kind of like a John Wick with a heightened sense of of of, a, of being. Okay. Um, and it's it starts. He's a trained out as, assassin. Yeah, it starts out as a police procedural, and it turns into a superhero film. And he, it, it's it's populated by actors like George Lopez playing a dramatic role, which he's really good in. He is. And um, I always like. It's George got Lopez. a mostly. I mean, you're you're, you're going to see all these Latino actors and go, oh, I saw you in this, and I saw you in that, but. It's good. I mean, and hopefully it gets to St. Louis because I think it could really do well. And it was made for cheap. And I liked that the stuff. But it doesn't look it. It doesn't look it. It looks kind of like bare bone, like 1988, like, like 99 Batman. It looks like that. The stunts are real. There's no CGI. It's a lot of John Wick like fighting scenes. And I like the fact that stunt coordinators and stuntmen are being given a chance to direct movies because they know how to make action. All right, so we only have two DVD movies this week that we've heard of <laughs> that were released in theaters, yeah. and you saw one of them, and yes. Carl and I have not seen I think seen I know it. the one I've seen. It's one yes. name, right? And, and Arctic is the one you've Mads seen. Mads Michelson. And you re- just reviewed Didn't it. Didn't we do like that about, like week one yeah. or week two? I like, watched, yeah, I, I watched it's that. It's already out. I, I yeah. watched that in Los Angeles in February, so... Yeah. Two months, almost a little bit more than two months later. It's actually a really good survival flick, and it really puts on display Mads Michelson, who I think is a very underrated talent who's kind of bursting out. He was the bad guy in Doctor Strange. He was the bad guy in Casino Royale. But he was in a really kind of critically maligned film called on Netflix called Polar. It was kind of like a... Uh, John Wick kind of take on that, but he was good in this, and he, he was really good. In this movie, it's like Castaway. It's him. He he was piloting a plane. It crashed in the Arctic, and he has to survive. And it picks up as he has created a home there. He's created a, you know a little place to sleep in the plane, and he finds another survivor, and he has to make a decision. Does he stay in this little utopia and this cold environment, or does he try to find help? And the movie... Is it puts you in the element so well, and the good thing about Mads Mikkelsen, he doesn't need a lot of dialogue. He he can look at you. He's got and, the eyes. He, he he can look at you and say about two pages of dialogue, and and that really works out well here because you don't need a lot of dialogue when you're out there in the element and cold, and you know bears are out there. You have the animals, the weather, and he just really dominates this movie. And, wasn't he a Hannibal Lecter? He was in yes. the, the TV show, NBC the NBC TV show. Show. He's just very good. He has that kind of like that old school, like Daniel Craig, handsome to him, mm-hmm. where it's kind of like he looks a little beat up. But oh, um, I think he's very. Handsome. You saw it on the big screen. I saw it on the big screen. Will this translate to a? It would fifty a, inch a, television. It would or because a thirty two inch television. The, it would because the sound. As long as you watch it at night and you turn the lights off, the sound. And the visuals, the cinematography is very good. They don't like, half-ass the, the, the environment he's in. They, they they put you in. And again, it's not a lot of dialogue. It's just a lot of visuals. And you put 
in these kind of movies, you put yourself there. Like, what would you do? Would you try to be a good person and save somebody and find help, or would you just kind of like force majeure? Yeah, live live out. So, <laughs> oh, force majeure. This oh, is a this is definitely a Mads Mikkelsen showcase, though. That one scene. Mm. Oh, so uh, another the other movie that none of us saw because it wasn't screened for us, but it's Matthew McConaughey called Serenity. I heard it was so bad. It was yeah. so bad and just not good at all. Yeah, I think that's Anne one Hathaway, that you could totally Jason skip. Clark. Yeah. I mean, really, you, you get that kind of talent. How can you make a bad movie? But Again, Stockholm, you know, you get I do know. And... I, I, I do know what happens in a movie, and I can see why people hated it. Because suppose, supposedly he, he, he's this, he, he lives in this little town. He has a boat. His old girlfriend comes back and says, I want you to kill my, my new boyfriend, who's very abusive. Jason Is that Clark. Anne Hathaway? Uh, Anne it's Hathaway. Diane Lane. No, no, Anne Hathaway plays his old girlfriend, and she comes to him to go, I want you to take him out on your boat and kill him. And, you know, and that's the basic premise, but there's so much more to it and what it is. So who's Diane Lane? Diane Lane, is she in it? Yeah. Diane Lane, Anne Hathaway, Matthew McConaughey. I wonder if Diane Lane plays one of the mothers, but all I know the basic She's in mother parts now. She is mother parts. She's a hot mom. But she could be the new wife or the old wife. yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, we yeah. didn't see it. Yeah, so. <laughs> but supposedly Anne Hathaway and McConaughey's character were once boyfriend and girlfriend. They broke up, and her new boyfriend kind of beats her up a little bit. It's abusive, mm. kind of a killing type. So she she wants McConaughey to toss him off the boat. But there's a lot of psychological stuff, and there's a big twist at the end that I just said I'm not going to watch this movie. So I found out what it mm. was. Oh, and it's, it's just Jason Clark, Jimon Hunsu, Jeremy Strong. Jimon Hunsu, there you go. He's in it. Well, that's He's quite Stephen Knight. Did this? He was nominated for Oscar, and also he he did a, a very underrated Tom Cruise film called Night and Day, which was hilarious. It was good. It was good. See, I'll give it that. Lynn, yeah. you with me? Yeah. Without me. Yeah. Well, uh, the Serenity is if you see it in Redbox, just it, pass it over. I mean, I mean, pass you never know. It, it could be a good Redbox for a dollar sixty-five to see how bad it is and make fun of it. Maybe. Maybe it you made should rent it. seven and a half million dollars. Total. I bet you McConaughey costs <laughs> more than that. that. I bet you McConaughey oh. costs more than that. I'm oh, sure. Jason Clark's the bad husband. He's so the bad husband. Ooh. That's a, probably a good part for him. Yeah, it's a good. Yeah, I mean, I saw see. it. And I was like, and then when it came out, I heard nothing about it but bad. I mean, it's not like Holmes and Watson bad, but it got some rough reviews. And when you find out the twist, which I could just go ahead and tell no, you, no, 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 don't but, ruin it because people it, might want to spend. But money. It, it does have a big twist that kind of throws everything. You know, pulls a rug she off wants, from under you. She wants him to. Th- I'm here. You don't have to tell me, but I'm guessing they since they want to throw Jason Clark to the Sharks. I'm guessing they throw him to the Sharks, and he comes back at the end. No, it's something more bizarre than that. More bizarre is it like than a that. Bo- is it like a body heat twist? I, I, I will tell you both when we're done. Okay. Okay. All right. I don't. Yeah, no, it's kind of like what you said with the Jennifer Lopez movie. That that that, I, that came really? out of nowhere. Right. Oh, most gentle. But this Lopez is just bizarre. Movies. Second, what was that? Second chance? Or second chance. Second act. Second what, act. Second act. What, what was that one where she played the abusive wife? Uh, the abused Enough. wife. Yeah, yeah. Enough. Yeah. That was good. She had like the short hair. She was. She was bad. She kind of reminded Jennifer me of Megan Good. Is underrated. She is. <laughs> Look at her in. What was the Clooney movie? Out of sight. Out of Out sight. Very good. Yes. They're trapped even... in the trunk. And the wedding planner. I keep talking about the wedding Made planner. Made in Manhattan and... with with Ray yeah. Fines. Her and her and McConaughey when they're dancing the tango uh, to the drive-in movie. It's awesome. She's very very underrated, and, and she can also do action drama and comedy, and that's not easy to she pull off. She should be in a superhero franchise. She should be. I mean, she. I'm, 
She would have made Glenn a better Close. Catwoman than Halle Berry. <sighs> Michelle Pfeiffer should have been. Yeah, yeah you're right. Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer was the best. Yeah. So, and Michelle Pfeiffer is in the superhero movie. Now she is, but she had zero to do in Endgame. <laughs> but she showed up and she looked She high. showed up, but she, what, what was she doing there? She's standing Michael there. Douglas's She wife. was standing there. Well, they didn't were, do anything. They didn't have their suits. Well, because <laughs> they, 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 they didn't really serve the plot. Yeah, but they, then why show up there at the Avengers? The funeral, because they're all paying their respects. No, but they were, they were, weren't they at the vital battle no, too? No, they weren't. Oh, no. Okay. It was just Evangeline Lilly. Okay. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer was in two pop rock songs last year mentioned, or two years ago. Michelle Pfeiffer that. is in a very underrated movie called large... One Fine Day with George Clooney. Yes. I love that movie. That is a good movie. That is the perfect in, 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 embodiment of George Clooney's charm. She's often underrated. She is, I because, think, you know, oh. I think she took a big time off. Like, she just kind of left, kind of like, you know, just took a little bit of time for herself. And then now she's back, and she's good. She's really she good at Ant-Man and the Wasp. She was doing a few indie movies, but one of my favorite parts of hers is The Fabulous Baker Boys. Oh, yeah, Jeff Bridges and Bo, mm -hmm. right? She was Oscar-nominated for that. Yeah, she and was. She, yeah, well, she lays on top of that piano, let me tell you. That is a great... I love that movie so much. Mm -hmm. So, uh, for, for romantic comedies... Got? Okay, so now we have movie news. Let's talk about the end game, how the lengths people are going to not to spoil it or not to have it spoiled for them. I think it's pretty funny. It is cool. I mean, because this I like is, the teacher notes. This, yes. this is this is a once. This is a very rare thing. Like you have this, you have Star Wars, or two of the things where people don't want to spoil anything. Game of Thrones. It came of well. But, I mean, movie wise. And Sixth right. Sense. Nobody gave that out. Nobody gave that out back. But, but in you know, also in Sixth Sense when that came out, you didn't have social media. You, yeah. You didn't have all the. I mean, literally, I had to stay. I mean, even before we saw it. On, on last Tuesday, we had I, I had to stay off the internet because people, I, I mean, after yeah. I saw it, I looked it up. Because they saw it see, on Monday. Yeah. Well, even after I saw it, I want to go, let's see how many people were spoiling it. People were spoiling Everybody. it. I know. I mean, especially, especially the big oh, one. Oh, the one guy that, uh, what, what was uh, what team was he on? Because they were tr calling for him. Then. I don't follow football anymore. So I don't Me neither. But, I forget. But, 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 but especially yeah, he was really the big one. Don't tell vilified. people what happens. No, it's and weird. he screwed it up because he misspelled somebody's name. Yeah. So if you had all those names muted, yeah. it still showed up because yeah. he spelled yeah. a name wrong. It was a, it's a oh. little bit name. But, I and, mean, and his kid, his own kid was really I've, upset I, I've with him. I watched this movie three times. And every time I just pick up a little bit of an Easter egg that they kind of left. But I mean, I, I and, and really, I'm wanting to write an article about a certain character, but I don't want to do it because it right. might give it away. Even my headline, which won't, I don't want to do it to people. I want to wait now, two hold on. weeks. Do you get to write your headlines or does your editor write your I headlines? I get to write them. And usually if I'm still, st I, I have a problem with headlines sometimes. I try to make something that's going to make you click on it without being clickbait. So... I write my own headlines, but my my supervisor Jordan Palmer does give me some good tips. But I know Jordan. But yeah, for the most Jordan part, used to, he was the original producer of Show Me. He was, and, and he's a good oh. guy, and he he took a chance on this guy back in 2013. But um, I, I get to write my own headlines. But even this headline, I think people might say, "Oh, well, what are you trying to tell us?" I'm, mm -hmm. So I'm waiting a week to do it. Yeah, I think it's, it's wise. It, I think the 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 main the key actors have made uh, videos and been on social media. Don't yeah. spoil it. Don't spoil. Don't spoil the end game. It was Lashawn McCoy for the Bills. The That's who it was. Oh, I but tell you what. I like the teacher's notes that are on the doors <laughs> of the school. There's a guy. I on, will fail you if you tell me. There's my, a guy on Facebook who just plain out said. 
this person dies, this person dies, this person dies. And I was like, oh, man. I mean, if you just if you just happen to see this, and he, he said, oh, I warned you. I don't care if you warned us. Don't do that. They showed on one of those tabloid uh, info shows, they showed a kid punching out another kid because oh, yeah. he ruined mm. the ending. In there, was, there was also, what was that in Japan, uh, where a guy was beaten up brutally? Right, because he, he walked out of the theater and just started spilling. Oh, he and they beat that, him up. Can you imagine that being in a line? Yeah, but why would you do that? And you're getting ready to watch Well, that's thing. an episode of The Simpsons. Yeah, but yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a flashback episode. Homer, they just... Uh, they walk out of Empire Strikes Back, and Homer says, "I couldn't believe that Darth Vader's Luke's father." And everybody, everybody in lines, like, oh, oh, oh. Usually, when I was joking, I was like, I told somebody, like, ah, Thanos gives up, and they just party for three hours. Well, this one teacher wrote this really long note, like, you cannot talk about my it near brother, my classroom. My little brother's out of town. We can't see it until Tuesday. And so if anybody mentions anything about Endgame, I will fail you fail for the semester. You. Which I don't know is legal. Probably yeah, not. Probably but, yeah. And some girl. Don't, you don't want to find out. I don't out. know if it was this class, but some girls, after the teacher told them no, uh, he, some girl screamed it out and he failed her for that day. I don't know if that's – but but this is also a turnaround. A lot of these uh, English professors two years ago threatened their kids, telling them, I'll tell you how Game of Thrones ends if you um, – he threatened them with spoilers. So like if they were disrupting in class, he'd say, hey, uh, next week is the Red Wedding, and I'm going to tell you what that is. No. And so Because if you read the books, you knew what happened – up until season six. Yes. So you could have spoiled it. And so he, this was the opposite of that, using spoilers to uh, keep people in line. But this is, I think that, I think it's funny. And do you really, if you know who dies, does that really, really ruin the movie for you? It doesn't, but I think if I was a person like 75% of people that don't want to know at all, I think that would just, that, that would kind of take it away. Because towards, You'd be watching it going, okay, so how is he going to – how is she going to – how is he going to – oh. I mean, I, I think it would just kind of hurt it a little bit. I think it's fun <laughs> to discover the movies yourself. And, and I'm so usually good. not a guy who – I don't mind spoilers, but with this one, I, you know, this is not where I want to know about spoilers. I know, because you want to you wanna have people enjoy the experience. It's all about the movies. They I mean, showed a lot of people crying in mm-hmm. the audience on oh, Inside I was, Edition. I was, crying, I was crying a third time, and my kid's going – you, you've you. already seen this twice. I know, but but of course, I can't say what my kid told me, but it was so heartbreaking. Hmm. What he Aww. told me because he he had some questions afterwards about you know is this and this really really is like is like yes this is the end. The only scene that I thought was kind of jarring and didn't seem to fit was John Favreau. Uh, happy, yeah. When he when they finally you know they were like, well, we got to throw Happy a bone. It just seemed like. He did direct the first. I, 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 I thought know. it was an excellent callback because when he gets Tony, he says, "I I I I I, I want to get some cheeseburgers." So, what's, what's, it, it, what do you need, boss? I want a cheeseburger. That's great. And and really, I tell you what, I want those cheeseburgers and Iron Man. Like, can I want a Burger King cheeseburger? <laughs> but yeah. but no, I mean, yeah. it, it it did a good job of hitting all those notes and really making you want more. And we have no idea after Spider Man Far From Home what the next phase is going to be in the timeline. Well, they did stuff. say they Russo brothers did do interviews this week and they clarified some things that needed to be clarified. And they also said that the next phase is going to be a five year plan. Oh, good. Five years, but this one. 
phase one through three, the Infinity Saga was 11 years. Oh, wow. So. Wow. I know. Some people are saying 10. I'm like, no, it's no, 11. It's going to be five years. Yeah. So uh, I was speaking of things that uh, are being resurrected or more. Uh, Carl, you've got some news about the Ron Howard film that starred, that introduced Val Kilmer to us. Val Willow. Kilmer and Warwick Davis. Willow, that was the George Lucas story that he did. It was a non-Star Wars project, and Willow was... A science fiction fantasy adventure in the mid '80s, where we had uh, it was a, it was science fiction, but it seemed like it was out of the old King Arthurish yeah. kind of thing. Fantasy. It was a weird hybrid. And Ron Howard was doing Solo, and a lot of people were bugging him on Solo. Hey, are you going to do more Willow? You going to do more Willow? You going to do more Willow? Warwick Davis and Ron Howard are going to be doing a Willow series for Disney+. Plus. I don't know what to think about that. I liked Willow when it came out, but then I was really young when it came out because it, it's a kid's movie. Yeah. And Warwick Davis was doing something, you know, after Return of the Jedi. So he was already working with Lucas, and Lucas said, hey, I've got, I've got a project for you. And now Warwick Davis is an adult and hosts a whole bunch of Star Wars stuff, and he's buddies with Ricky Gervais and... I have always – I like when Ricky Gervais puts Carl Pilkington and Warwick Davis together. They did a whole series over in England, and you can watch it over here too, about them traveling together. It's called Life's Too Short because Warwick Davis is a mm-hmm. little person, and Carl Pilkington's an idiot. He describes himself that way. Well, actually he doesn't, but uh, the merchant and the Gervais do, so I agree with them. I, like I would Stephen like to see Merchant. I would like to see this I will watch the first episode just to be curious because we're all going to be paying the $70 a year to get Disney Plus because it's going to have everything you want on it. And people are asking, tying this back into Netflix, when will Endgame be on Netflix? And the answer is never. It oh, will never yeah. be on Netflix be on because it'll be on One. Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Oh wow. It's going to be on Disney Plus. So everyone that's been ah, watching Phase it. 3 be well worth a buy. Everyone that's been watching Phase 3 on Netflix, those are all going away. Yeah, because right now Infinity War, Black Panther, Ant-Man and the Wasp are all on. Uh, Doctor Strange, I think, is on there. Yeah. Ragnarok and Ant-Man. And, did you say Ant-Man and Wasp? Yeah, I think Strange left, but Ragnarok is still. I love okay. Ragnarok. I liked it. So one of our favorite directors died this week, John Singleton, oh, at man. only yeah, 51. He had a stroke two weeks ago. And uh, he was They the, pulled life support. Yeah, they yeah. pulled life support. I mean, of course, they, they reported it. Oh, somebody reported it too early that he was yeah. gone, and like, no, he's not. No, they were was, they were discussing it though. But he was fifty one yeah. years old, and I will say that you know when I was a kid, my dad took me to a lot of movies that probably he shouldn't have. And one of those he took movies, you to Boys in the Hood. He took me to Boys in the Hood when I was nine years old. And I, I gotta tell you, I mean that movie. I left that movie, and I was moved by it. I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'll say I, I was kind of an advanced cinematic nine year old. I mean, we, we kind of had Cuban some fun at the Cuba. movies. Yeah, and Lawrence Fishburne, Ice Cube, in his best Fishburne. role. Do you know oh, how boy. he met Lawrence Fishburne? No. He uh, worked on a. He was an oh an intern on he Pee-wee's he was big, a production assistant yeah, on, on Pee Wee's Playhouse and oh, and and, and yeah. Lawrence uh, Cowboy Fishburne, Carl Cowboy Curtis. Cowboy John Curtis. Singleton it, was the youngest director to be nominated for best director and best screen uh, original screenplay and the first African American. So Steve McQueen and Jordan Peele, you owe a depth. 
to yeah. uh, and, Mr. Singleton. And Spike. Also, and Spike, yeah. when he was at USC, he won the Student Academy Award. And really, he right. only he only directed nine movies. And, and some of the more underrated ones are Baby Boy with Tyrese and Vince. Four, yes. Four Brothers, which is a Western I know. in Detroit. And it's also uh, Rosewood with Ving Rhames and Don Cheadle. But point i mean boys in the hood i mean 28 years ago that movie still plays very well well poetic justice with tupac yes. and yeah. janet jackson and also yes. higher learning mm-hmm. yeah higher learning i mean and shaft the the reboot of yeah. shaft the reboot yeah samuel he, l jackson he seemed to whenever he seemed to be one of those guys kind of like carnahan the guy that I just interviewed he only makes movies when he really seems thinks he has to he doesn't just do them for a paycheck. He does it when there's something inside him telling him he has to tell the story. And he was producing movies. He did uh, he did Black Snake Moan with Samuel L. Jackson mm-hmm. and uh, a Hustle and Flow because they weren't getting they, those were indie guys and they didn't have the funding for it. And so and that's an Academy Award winning and nominated movie, right? And uh, it won Best Song. Yes, it did. Three Six Mafia. Yes. So uh, he also, uh, in recent years, was directing TV. Yeah, quite a Snowfall, bit. Snowfall about crack. Billion, he did billions on Showtime, an episode of that. Did that, but like six or seven different TV shows. And he also directed the music video "Remember the Time" from Michael Jackson with Eddie Murphy <laughs> in as the king and Iman as the queen. That is a cool video, even though it is. It's still Michael Jackson. It is. Well, he was a big deal in his day. But yeah, it's just very sad, somebody uh, to die. And then also, um, uh, he um, knew South Central, so he could capture it so well. Yeah, he he did in all of his movies, He directed the Academy Awards one year. Good for (laughs) him. In 2009, he directed the Academy Awards. I totally forgot that. Well, he didn't direct the whole thing. He did. He directed a segment for the biggest movie event of the year. So next week we have a mom-centric things because it's Mother's Day. Palms. So Palms is I'm coming out. I'm debating going to see that or not. Uh, it, that is game seven of the oh. Blue Stars. Yeah, no. If well, there isn't one. It, it is my wheelhouse. Well, the way they're so. playing, it's going to be one. <laughs> Quiet, you. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be one. So, uh, yeah, I have to see that. And then also Wine Country is going to be I'm on Netflix. I'm not going to see that. That is on Netflix. Now, hold and on. That is I actually just got something from them coming on Friday, May 10th. So that doesn't come out until next, next week. week. So we can't talk about it for two weeks. Okay, but it's going to be it's going to be on the theaters, I thought. It says premiering May 10th. Oh, is it getting on, a one week one in theaters first before it comes to Netflix? On Netflix. I bet you it's coming to theaters kind of like High Highwaymen did. But you know what? Maybe we'll be able to see it early if we talk to Sadie. Yeah, if we get a code <laughs> yeah, if we if we get a code, but yeah, it's got some of the SNL uh, thirty rock people in it, and it looks you know it's it's again middle aged women having a birthday party or having fun in wine country. Well, let's so, go across the room and tell people who we are. Well, hold on a second. We also have coming out next week. You forgot the big one, baby. Okay, what is that? Detective Pikachu. I know. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. I am seeing that on Monday. And, and I'm going to see and my that. My kid is excited. Yeah, and The Hustle comes out also next week, too. This is one of those movies where my kid was like, you get a screening from this, Dad, I want to go. So. Oh, yeah, we didn't talk. Ugly Dolls came out this week, too. Oh, we forgot. Yeah. Sorry. Kelly Clarkson. 
This guy has to go pick up his kid, so you, you guys All can right. keep talking. We have to uh, hit the road. <gasps> but you're two weeks hit away from road, John Wick, Wick 3. Oh, gosh, I can't wait. I'm taking my dad. We're going to have a good time. John Wick, Parabellum. Right. My name is Carl Middleman. You can find me on oh, the Big 550 KTRS every Saturday night with Max Foise for Max on Movies. Foise. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at underscore Carl the Intern. I'm Lynn Van House, and I'm now back on nights on KTRS <laughs> Thursday nights with Jay Kanzler and Ray Hartman, and they're on from 9 to 11, so it'll vary. And then I'm in the Times newspapers. Real World is the name of our reviews, and you can find me on all the social. I'm on Twitter at, at Buff82. I'm Dan Buffa. I write for KSTK News, and I'm every Tuesday at 4. I join Frank Opinion, a large morning show in the afternoon on 590 The Fan. When they let you talk. Yes, every other 10 minutes. All right. Bye, everyone.